I'm an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sada Flody. And here with me in the studio today is Rafia Lodi. Hey guys, from North Carolina. So this episode today is everything that you want to know about hormone replacement therapy. But before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I'm not giving any kind of medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak with your health provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking and discussing hormone replacement therapy. So hormone replacement therapy is typically given to women once they reach menopause. And as you recall, and I'm sure our viewers recall, is um, when we have, when we go a whole year without any period at all. And so then we're considered to be in menopause. And typically women seek hormone replacement therapy if they're having a lot of symptoms, such as what we would call in the medical field, uh, vasomotor symptoms or hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, things of that nature. And a lot of times those become so troublesome that it's difficult for women to continue with their activities of daily living. And so they'll go and talk to a provider, whether it be their primary care doctor or their gynecologist. Um, And they'll typically ask for help with those symptoms. Now, um, you know, we used to think that those symptoms didn't last very long. But we now realize through research that they actually last about seven and a half years. So that's a long time. And if you're thinking that uh, menopause starts around the age of 51, then that takes us almost to the age of 60, which is a long time to be suffering with those complaints. Women not only experience those vasomotor symptoms, but they can also have vaginal dryness, vaginal Um, irritation, they can have recurrent bladder infections, and definitely pain with intercourse. And this is all because of the decreased estrogen that we have in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Is there one specific sign that a woman should look for that, okay, this is the key that I need hormone therapy replacement? Yeah, that's a good question, Raf. So there isn't one symptom per se. There is, there are multiple symptoms, but it's really what you know bothers you the most, yeah. and that's what will bring the patient in to go see their provider. Now, some women aren't bothered at all by any of these symptoms, and some women don't even have any symptoms. And as they enter menopause, and they're they're fine. You know, they don't require anything, any treatment. But for women that have those symptoms and specifically those what we call genitourinary symptoms of menopause, which again, like I was saying before, is that pain with the intercourse, vaginal dryness, mm-hmm. uh, vaginal irritation, recurrent bladder infections, those symptoms tend to be, I would say, one of the most bothersome symptoms and that women come in with and will ask uh, for some type of treatment for. Mm. Um, so... When they come in, from when women come in for that, they also notice that they have decreased lubrication. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And what we suggest oftentimes, even before we get to hormone replacement, is we'll suggest lubricants. So there's different types of lubrication and lubricants that you can use mm-hmm. um, for painful intercourse uh, for women that are desiring that and need some help and some relief with um, intercourse. And what we will suggest is, you know, oil-based. You can actually go with uh, silicone-based and or um, water-based lubricants. We typically don't suggest oil-based lubricants with condoms uh, because it can actually, especially specifically with latex condoms, because it can actually disrupt the integrity of that condom. And Mm -hmm. especially if you're using that condom to protect you against sexually transmitted infections, um, it can actually cause that latex condom to break. So that's why we say, you know, don't use um, oil lubricants Mm -hmm. with latex condoms. You can use, again, like I stated, uh, silicone uh, based lubricant or a water-based lubricant with latex condoms, and that's that's fine. Um, in menopause, you know, one of the benefits of being in menopause is that you don't have to worry about getting pregnant mm-hmm. because you're not ovulating, and thus your chance of getting pregnant is, is none. So, mm-hmm. you know, women don't use condoms for that, but they're using that, using condoms more specifically for protection against um, sexually transmitted infections. So would that also lead to like a low sex drive too for women because they don't have that lubrication as well? Absolutely. So there's, you know, definitely. And um, actually one of our upcoming episodes, we will talk about hypoactive sexual um, disorder Mm -hmm. that it talks, you know, and we'll talk more about decreased libido at that time, but definitely women in in perimenopause and in menopause can experience decreased libido, libido and Especially if you're having pain with intercourse, absolutely, mm-hmm. that's going to result in, you know, decreased libido and not wanting intercourse, right? Not right. wanting to have sexual intercourse. Yeah. Absolutely. So some of the um, most common themes that the American College of OBGYNs and the North American Menopause Society have suggested for uh, hormone replacement therapy is that it begin within 10 years of somebody experiencing menopause. Mm-hmm. So if the mean age for somebody to go through menopause is 51, then within, you know, within 51 to within the age of 51 and 61, it's important that if you decide you want hormone replacement, that you get uh, placed on it at that time. And again, like we stated before, it's the lowest dosage for the least amount of time. And after three to five years, physicians will often recommend women to go off of hormone replacement and or start to taper that dose so that eventually they can come off. The reason why they suggest women to come off is that there have been some studies that have shown an increased risk of breast cancer. Mm. And so um, that's one of the main reasons for coming off of hormone replacement therapy. And also, you don't want to take estrogen by itself, because especially if you still have a uterus, because that can increase the lining within that uterus, and can result in some postmenopausal bleeding, which we know can be a sign of uterine cancer. Mm -hmm. And that actually brings me to a very important point, that once a woman is in menopause, if she experiences postmenopausal bleeding, it's so, so important for her to go and get evaluated to make sure that she gets ruled out for uterine cancer. 
Also, Raf, like we were talking about, some of the contraindications for hormone replacement is if a woman has an increased risk of breast cancer. So that's an important risk factor. And always, you know, go and discuss any of these concerns or risk factors with your primary care provider because they're going to be able to assess you as a full patient as a whole and, you know, your genetics and everything like that. Does family history go into that as well when you were looking into um, hormone replacement and you were talking about breast cancer? Definitely, we should check someone's family history as well for breast cancer before they go on to hormone replacement. Definitely, definitely, definitely their family's history, so genetics, but not only their family history, but their own history. So, for example, if they've, um, they've had breast cancer, right? And mm-hmm. also, if they are positive for a gene called BRCA1 or 2, which has an increased risk of breast and ovarian cancer. So that is definitely a risk factor. And it's unlikely that your provider would put you on hormone replacement. But, you know, depending on what your symptoms are, maybe they decide that, you know, risk versus benefit, and they would be the ones to discuss that option with you in detail. But yes, absolutely. You want to look at genetics and you want to look at risk factors before you're placing anyone on hormone replacement. So should one person um, also look at their weight and the way they eat? Does that affect the type of hormone replacement they're placed on? Sure, sure. So a lot of times what we'll do is we will um, talk about things that we can modify Mm-hmm. before we place somebody on hormone replacement. So for example, you know, if the exercise may help, you know, may help their vasomotor symptoms, um, definitely diet, you know, being at a healthy weight definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes though, I've noticed that women that are a little bit overweight, um, they don't have as much, they may not have as much issues with um you know, vaginal dryness, because that increased weight that we have, those adipose cells release estrogen. And that estrogen uh, may actually be helpful in preventing some of that um, discomfort with intercourse with sex, because it could provide uh, some lubrication, you know, the excess estrogen Mm -hmm. that they have. But of course, that being said, you know, if women are obese, and um, they go through menopause, and then say like, it's been a year or two that they haven't had a period at all. And then a few years down the line, they notice that all of a sudden they start to have bleeding, that definitely would be um, a red flag, and they should be evaluated because they could have uh, uterine cancer. So Mm -hmm. again, you know, remember, any postmenopausal bleeding that a woman experiences, she always needs to go and be evaluated for uterine cancer. Absolutely. Good to yeah, know. yeah. So there are, you know, so there are other therapies that women can use for uh, vasomotor symptoms or for hot flashes and um, night sweats. And what we do again, like we were talking about, is you know some non-hormonal therapies. We were talking about where lifestyle changes. Some um, also some antidepressants actually have helped. And one in particular is a medication called paroxetine or Paxil. Mm -hmm. And that has been used for these vasomotor symptoms, which are what we talked about, the hot flashes, the night sweats, the mood swings. Um, And that medication has been shown to help women. 
and is an alternative to, for example, hormone replacement. If they don't want to go on hormone replacement, that may help. How long can they go on this particular drug if they Mm -hmm. don't want to go on the traditional route of hormone replacement therapy? Yeah, so these so Paxil is an antidepressant, and again, it's actually used at a dosage lower than what it what it would be used for uh, if it were being used as an antidepressant. So it's half the dosage, okay. and you can stay on that for as long as you want. You know, as long as it's helping with those symptoms of hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, um, because there is no hormone associated with it. Of course, you know it may have its own. Um, negative side effects because some antidepressants, and you would have to check that out, but some antidepressants actually have been associated with um, decreased libido and decreased desire. So as you know, you know, everything comes with it, with its benefit, but, but also with its risks. So you'd have, have to, to balance it. Them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you'd have to see what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you decide you want to go with some hormone therapy, you know, then that is when you would start it, which, like we said, is right around the time that you go through menopause. And, you know, within 10 years of going through menopause, you would go on hormone replacement. And then after three to five years, um, your doctor would talk to you about perhaps tapering off of that medication and see how that helps. Um, again, lubricants help with the um, pain that happens with uh, vaginal dryness that occurs in menopause. So definitely lubricants are a good thing and um, helpful. And of course, we don't wanna leave out um, vaginal estrogen tablets or cream that you can put inside the vagina. And those effects act locally Mm -hmm. within the vagina and typically don't have as much or have very little systemic side effects of estrogen. For example, they don't, they're not going through the bloodstream. And in fact, uh, estrogen patch also is something that's been used and um, again, doesn't go through the liver. So it doesn't have the full systemic side effects Mm -hmm. that you may experience with like, say like an oral tablet. Um, A lot of women, especially if they're having those genitourinary symptoms of menopause, those symptoms of the vagina and the bladder, um, they will prefer to use those tablets or creams that you can place inside the vagina. Mm -hmm. Again, you have to be careful if you still have uh, a uterus because, you know, you are getting that estrogen and that estrogen does act locally and can uh, affect the uterus and they can get... Uh, increased thickening of the lining of that uterus, which can result in postmenopausal bleeding. So again, there's a risk versus benefit, but there are creams um, and tablets that are available and even rings that are available to be used within the uter- uh, within the vagina to help with the, um, the thinning of that vaginal uh, lining and with the discomfort that can happen with the intercourse. So how long do you have to be on hormone replacement? Is it is will you ever get to a point where it's like, okay, I don't need this anymore. I'm good. I've gotten over most of the symptoms. When Mm -hmm. can I just live like, okay, I don't want this anymore? Well, again, so it's like I said that, you know, patients typically will go on hormone replacement if they're having symptoms that are really bothersome. So Mm -hmm. if they decide that, you know, they're okay with some of the symptoms or that they're not as bothersome as they used to be, then they'll decide to go off of it. You know, most societies will recommend to go off of it 
by the age of 60, yep. you know, and definitely women in their 60s will not be encouraged to start a hormone replacement at that point. Right. You know, it's usually like a transitory phase between when a woman first goes through menopause and up until the age of 60. Okay. You know. Although, although, again, you know, they can discuss with their provider and some women need it a little bit longer. So again, risk versus benefit, and they'll have to discuss that. Definitely go to your doctor and see what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely the biggest takeaway is to see what's right for you, what's working for you and what symptoms you can manage and what symptoms you absolutely cannot, you know. And the one thing that I want to say about sex, Raf, is that um, since this is the Muslim Sex Podcast, is that it's important for women to remember that um, as we age and as we go through menopause, Mm -hmm. if we're not having sex, then that vagina will actually, it'll start to, you know, that lining that tissue of the vagina actually starts to become thinner. Mm -hmm. And if we are not having intercourse and or if we're not, it's that whole, um, that cliche or that saying that if you don't use it, you lose it. it. So basically, you know, that vagina will start to become more narrow And so when a woman decides to have sex, it'll become more painful for her. Mm -hmm. So it's actually very important for her vaginal health to continue to have sex Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it'll help with that tissue because it'll bring blood to that tissue. Mm -hmm. So when women or people, you know, um, people that are, that are born or assigned female at birth, um, when they continue to have intercourse, um, using, you know, vagina. And as we know, there's more than just, you know, vaginal intercourse, there's oral sex, but specifically we're talking about, um, vaginal intercourse that the more you have sex, vaginal intercourse, the more that blood flow is going to come to the vagina and it's going to help maintain that tissue integrity. Okay. And so the least, the less intercourse they have, you know, it's going to, actually be bothersome, uh, not only because that vagina will shrink um, and be more uncomfortable, but that that tissue lining will be more prone to um, tearing because you're not using it. It's not getting that blood flow that it normally would with sex. So that's why it's actually very important to continue to have sexual intercourse. And if you need lubricants or if you need that vaginal estrogen, so important to talk to your provider about that and um, get a prescription if you need it. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yep. And so I just want to make sure that I cover everything. There are also, you know, different other medications that we can use. There's something called vaginal DHEA, which is uh, also a different hormone. It's not estrogen, but it's a different type of hormone that can be used in the vagina to also help rebuild that vaginal tissue lining. And then there's also something called OS, OS Pemaphine. And also that's used again to help with that uh, vaginal tissue lining. So there are definitely medications that can be used and important just to seek out help when you need it. So that's what it boils down to. So that is it with hormone replacement therapy. Don't miss your doctor's appointment. That's what I was going to say, because you need to know this information no matter what. 
Absolutely. And it's so important as women transition from mm -hmm. perimenopause to menopause to for them to know what their options are. Yeah. And in terms of being treated for hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, or even the vaginal dryness, vaginal irritation, pain with intercourse, any of those things, right? It's so important to go and have a visit with your doctor and see what your options are based on the symptoms that you're experiencing, but also based on your genetics and your risk of cancer. Okay. So, well, I am done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be medical advice. So please see your healthcare provider if you have any, any concerns at all about your health. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.